Hello, hello, boys and girls. This is Startup Handy Downs, the podcast that passes insights from founders and thought leaders down to the next generation. I'm Rambit, and today me and Phil are speaking to serial entrepreneur and tech stars mentor Conrad Paulson. As a founder of multiple million dollar companies and mentoring batches of startups through tech stars, he has a keen eye for how to architect your success, which he is kindly passing on to us today. In this episode, we discuss how he raised 15 million pounds for Exemptus, how to position yourself to win high hitting partnerships, and how not to grow too quickly. So let's jump straight into it. Thanks for coming down, Conrad. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to have you on. Um, so to start off, could you give us a quick 30 seconds overview of your career path so far and what's got you here today? So I spent my life in mobile. 99 here, you couldn't send an SMS between networks. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, wow. You probably don't, right? Really? Yeah, look how, Hold look on. how young you no, are. I don't even know what you're saying. What? <laughs> I don't even know what's just was said here. So wait, so if I'm on Orange and yeah, yeah. Phil's on uh, 3, I couldn't send him a text? Correct. 3 yeah, wasn't yeah. around in 99. 3 wasn't around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember that. So, that's strange. So, we started a business with four others in 99, doing um, really simple stuff, SMS, uh, info services, sports schools, and yeah, that was kind of crazy time, 99. Was that Xemptus? Extempus. Extempus. Yeah. Another unpronounceable name. Yes. <laughs> so it seems to be a theme. Yes. Uh, so, um, Dude, my name's Ranbir. Tell me all about it. <laughs> so that, yeah, so we, yeah, we went through quite a crazy cycle with that. Yeah. We raised money in um, December 99. Was that uh, the 50 million yeah. round? and learned a lot of lessons. <laughs> um, so I spent, yeah, I spent two or three years doing that. How did that end? So we moved, I mean, I suppose the... the I'd love to get into exactly that part when we talk about that whole sector. Right. Um, so yeah, well, finish off the story. How are you? <laughs> no, it's fine. And then, uh, so then I left, I left that in 2002. I, mm-hmm. I joined another startup in Cambridge also doing mobile uh, and then while I was working for them we got a relationship going with Orange and then uh, I think after five or six years in startup land I was kind of curious to see what it was like to work in a yes really and and, and I've been all of the business that I've been involved in I've been to some extent relying on uh, a relationship with the operator mm. so mm. it was this kind of yes it was this kind of mythical thing which I had no <laughs> idea how it made decisions the matrix like that and you <laughs> And so I thought, if I'm going to continue to do this, let me go and see what this is all about, right? Understand how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I then spent a long time there, and then for the last five or six years, they're doing some form of uh, innovation role, mm-hmm. trying to work out how does an organisation like that with 140,000 employees work with mm-hmm. you know, the startups, yeah, the companies of tomorrow. Um, and then I left. Orange April last year, or March last year, to do Huck. Huck. So Huck is your current startup Huck's at the moment. Current, current startup. And yeah. tell us what does Huck do? <laughs> yeah, so Huck, the Huck you're getting is all about mobile. Uh, Huck is a different way of collecting um, behavioral data. So what do people do in the real world? So Huck was kind of founded on this conviction I have that intelligent mobile services need to take into account the physical context of the user. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so we have basically four contexts that behavior happens in, in our world. Uh, so that's work, it's home, that's travel, and that's consumer. And so 
put put home to one side for a second, but something like consu a consumer event would be user visits, prêt manger. Mm -hmm. um, so we log that event, we log the brand, the business name, the physical address of that particular business or that particular branch, um, and then we is that using the Pretz beacons? Uh, no, but it's it's well, it, we could leverage Pretz Wi-Fi, for instance, or their beacons. Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and then we we also categorise the nature of that business. So we 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 have a taxonomy which describes okay, this is a restaurant cafe, mm -hmm. this is a luxury fashion boutique, this is a high street women's retailer. Mm -hmm. So that we have, and that's really where it gets very powerful. So this is like the ultimate customer segmentation tool ever. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go all the way back uh, to your start with Zemptus. That's how it's pronounced. Extempus. Extempus. Uh, boy, you, you really have a knack for <laughs> really, really choose these names, don't you? <laughs> I think it started with it had an EX on it. I think it did start with EX, so then it was a bit more obvious that it was Extempus. Yeah, no, I don't think there are many other words that start with X, but you start say it, we pronounce, say it, yeah. pronounce it as X. Yeah, yeah, Except for extra. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good, good, <laughs> good decision there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll add it to the list. <laughs> so, um, so talk us uh, through how the hell you raised fifteen million. <laughs> That's a good question, actually. Yeah, I think there was a lot of hype at the time around like dot com, dot com. Boom. There was, yeah. I yeah. mean, there was crazy money going into. We, I mean, we had, um, we did have a really strong team. Mm -hmm. How many uh, people? So there were five of us co-founders. Five co-founders. Yeah, wow. which was a lot. So we had, we had, you know, a really good um, programmer. We had two strong biz, biz guys. Mm -hmm. um, me coming from mobile, and then an ex-Nortel networks guy. Mm -hmm. So I think we probably had a pretty good team. Yeah, and um, and we started to do some stuff quite quickly. We got, you know, we got quite traction, quite traction very quickly. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we were very quickly we were doing. We did a big game for the Daily Mail. We did, you know, it was kind of quite easy to knock down those doors mm. back then mm. for that particular. Um, so I think that's what that's what drove it. But there was this kind of crazy growth as well. Crazy, you know, you had to. Know, that everybody was growing at this kind of ridiculous speed and you know, yeah that if you weren't doing that then you weren't okay so it was kind of the hype and the bubble you were in and along with that the traction and the great team you had yeah just ramped you up to the 15 mil yeah. and was it did do you think it was kind of half your, your confidence going that going in there as in did you think oh yeah we can get 15 million and if you go in <laughs> with that kind of ballsy confidence you will uh, the investors will think these guys know what they're doing um yeah, I think there is. There was a lot of that. It was also um, that you you maybe didn't go out. We didn't go out for that necessarily in the first place, and that's where it ended up. So, you know, you're on this thing which has gathered a lot of hype, mm -hmm. and so other people want to invest. You necessarily pitched it, and I've heard other people go through this cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And and it seems attractive at the time, right? And which is you know. If I think back on it, and I do occasionally think back on it, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's as damaging as it is in, in the moment. And I think, I don't know, what was I? You know, I'm not younger than I am now, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> it seems like, why wouldn't you, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what could, you know, 
what's the downside? Because the downside is that one, you, like I said, you ha you need a different business model to sustain that. Yeah. You know, you raise that money at that valuation. Okay, well, that means I need to exit at X. Yeah. Means, you know, then you're getting pulled in other di lots of other directions. You're losing focus. You're like, okay, well, are we still doing this content thing, or are we doing the mm. are we doing the low level? So if we give because if, if we're doing the picks and shovels, mm -hmm. then we need to get a sales force which can sell picks and shovels because yeah, this yeah. other thing is a different way. You know, that's yeah. a consumer sale. That's something very different. So suddenly you're going in a bunch of different directions. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I slightly went off there. No, no, no so yeah. is that yeah. is that how it ended? So you guys were you got kind of lost in your in your business model? I'd say, yeah. I don't know if everyone else would agree with that. But that's <laughs> was there a lot of pressure from your board? I know you oh, mentioned yeah, Morgan Stanley. from my board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't lack of pressure. Uh, <laughs> uh, and actually, that's what ended up in the end, you know, ended up downsizing. So is it a classic case of raising more money than you needed and um, growing <clears throat> a lot faster than uh, kind of your business model needed? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's that's definitely you know, I ca I carry that lesson with me forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, which is, yeah, be good at one thing. One thing, right? Improve yeah. that one thing, and then move on to the next. Mm, thing. Yeah. And so that was the like the biggest lesson learned for sure. That. No question, yeah. no question. And and it, it's amazing how you can still you know you still have to, I still have to remind myself of it yeah. quite often. You know that you can because we had this whole model potentially emerging in Hub, which was slightly different. Kind of, that'd be really exciting yeah. to get to, and you're like, no, you know, no, you keep you it, pull it back, let's pull it back. You know, we know yeah. that right now the most important thing is relationships with. For us, is the most important thing is relationships. With yeah. Apps. And there could be this whole other aspect to the business, which is really exciting. But until you do the first bit, yeah. you haven't got the second bit. Yeah. If you're not careful, right? You end up, you end up thinking about the thing which is phase two phase two right <laughs> which is the big shiny thing yeah you know, it's actually getting down and dirty and solving the, the things which are here and now is not always the most attractive but yeah yes it's definitely yeah yeah there was an episode of um of um of startup uh it's a podcast basically um this guy what, what's the guy's name alex bloomberg alex bloomberg yeah so he he wants to start a podcasting company and he podcasts his journey while doing it um, if you don't listen to it, you really should. It's okay. top notch. Um, yeah. So he was um, talking to Chris Sacker, who was an early investor of his. And um, he's like, Chris, so uh, you'll be happy to know I'm raising more money and I've already secured like four million or something. And Chris Sacker just shuts up and goes, why do you need more money? Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be raising mm -hmm. more money. Tell mm -hmm. me why you need more money. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I thought you'd be happy. Like we're raising more money and my valuation's higher and I'm making new money. And Chris goes, no, if you, if you can't tell me why you need money, I'm not going to let you raise money. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at the time when I was listening to that, I was like, interesting. Yeah. Um, but no, it completely makes sense with what you're saying as well. I think yeah. you're both saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. All right. So um, what happened uh, at the end with Exemptus, and then how did you move on to your next role as part? I kind of moved on already. So um, I moved on before it ended. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was I'm... there a falling out with the with the founders? No, not no. We brought in an external CEO. We went to an, this startup in Cambridge, and yeah, I went with him. Oh, wow. It was another adventure. Oh, so that uh, was uh, Comptag. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, and yeah. So tell us about your role as a product manager. So it, it's quite um, it's quite a great area uh, yeah. that people outside of tech don't really understand. Right. So so tell us what does a, a good product manager do? So good question. I, I suppose what I 
like about, I mean, why I play in that space is that I like that juncture between, for me, it's between technical and sales mm. almost. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's been largely what I've done throughout my career. I wouldn't, you know, I don't, I'm not a programmer. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I understand the capabilities of technology, yes, mm. and I understand it deep enough that then I can translate it into, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that mean in terms of turning that into something uh, which is commercial, which, which people want to Did buy? you find it a struggle talking to programmers and or, or getting their respect when you kind of can't tell them exactly what to do? Um, yeah, I think that that's... I haven't, I haven't struggled with that, but I think... I think lots of I see businesses that do struggle with that. Mm -hmm. I see certainly lots of early stage companies where they're completely tech driven. Yeah, mm -hmm. right? and um, think you know. Well, I mean, this is not exclusively to tech driven companies, but this. Well, you always go back to the thing that you're most comfortable with, right? You mm -hmm. always go back to. So, if you've got a problem, the way you solve it is using your core skills generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. My product's not selling, or people aren't adopting my product. Okay, let me go back. Problem to the product. must be a technical one, right? Yeah. So I'll go back and do that. And yeah. um, so I, uh, I don't. I've never struggled with those kind of dealing with those kind of those kind of skills, and mm -hmm. I enjoy that. I enjoy learning about, but I only. Re I really want to understand what the capabilities are. Right? I don't need to necessarily. Understand the very inner workings of it. Yeah, I mean, I think you you need for me, for the things that I do, I like a broad range. I like a broad uh, broad range of knowledge mm -hmm. across those tech platforms. But so yeah, the, so for me, the role of product is a lot about design. It's a lot about how do I turn this thing into something? Which is how do I kind of mesh these two two uh, worlds, if you like. One yeah. is what's technically possible, uh, and the other extreme is what, what what's needed. Market, what's needed, right? Yeah. And there's the kind of the bit in the middle for me is then product. Yeah, like where those two things meet. Same with me. Yeah, right. So I love doing. But yeah. how did it feel going from um, a founder to an employee? Uh, yeah, I didn't. Did you feel like an employee? Cause I didn't really feel. I suppose I've never really felt like an employee. Yeah. <laughs> in that sense. Even yeah. at your first role? No, not really. What, uh, what did you feel like? Uh, I guess because your roles allow you to be quite. Yeah, I've always free. been. I mean, either I've been very lucky, or I've chosen, or I've kind of self-selected those roles where I don't. I mean, that doesn't mean you don't have someone to answer to. I mean, the, but that's the reality. The reality is you've always got someone yeah. to answer to, whether it's your investors yeah. or your manager, right? So. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe in that very, you know, I, I've really enjoyed the last 12 months mm. of, you know, really, you know, I think that that first part of the business is really yes. exciting. Right? Yes. You really, you know, everything is, you set every The honeymoon period. It's kind of the yeah. honeymoon, right? Especially when you've got some seed money as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that must help. <laughs> that helps. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I was happy with that. Okay. And going back to Orange. Mm. Uh, or moving forward. Moving forward. Yeah, 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 exactly. Get with the story, dude. A bit all <laughs> over the place. Um, your role, 
how would you, or what would be your advice to a startup trying to get a partnership with an organization the size of Orange? You know, what kind of advice do you have for people? Um, well, my first, so I've done quite a bit of that with in tech stars but yeah you know I've had, well i've had a lot of those conversations right which is we want to get in we so let's let, let's to, to give this some structure um because we'll, we'll touch tech stars in a yeah, minute, okay and i okay. wanted to go in order okay so um how did you move into your role at orange and and explain to us your role because head of uh strategic partnerships or was startup it? business to, i started as i started doing that's what we were wondering what does what does that mean so that roadmap is doing exactly what I was just talking about then, right? Which uh -huh. is you have, and it's particularly in an organization like the carrier, you have a tech, you have development of the underlying the pipe. technical capabilities of the network, which, you know, it's very difficult to move the things on that, right? It's happening. It's kind of rumbling on. Mm -hmm. um, and the evolution of the network enables new capabilities, right? It enables is over the top messaging uh, so you have these things coming along and then you have the sales guys screaming for particular things that are like, you know so when I first started the, one of the things was seems kind of seems so old-fashioned now but right but people would have a you know a sim in their car phone and they'd have a separate phone and they'd be like I want the same number of both things right yeah. so um, that you know, you so you've got your sales guys saying, "Well, people want this one number, right?" And and you go to the tech guys, and they're like, "Well, you know, we've got this capability, but it doesn't go online in the network until eighteen months from now." Mm, yeah. So what? So what you end up? And then they say, "Okay, well, so where is it in the list of priorities?" So the roadmap becomes this list of this, priorities. This central document where everybody understands. So the sales guys understand. Okay, I can start selling this thing in May because I know that it's coming. Mm. Year and the technical mm -hmm. guys know. I know why I should prioritize this because they've got these sales guys up here who tell me that we can sell a million units of this thing. Mm. So I really, that was a really interesting, for me, really interesting kind of to try and do that at scale. Mm -hmm. um, so I did it for B2B products in UK mm -hmm. and then I did it for B2B products uh, Europe wide. So really, that's, you know, the two parts of that are one, listening to what the marketing and sales organizations are telling you and the other is listening to what the technical guys platform guys are telling you and trying to come up with a story which, mm -hmm. which kind of joins those two things together okay um so let's uh, move on to Techstars. so how did you get involved with them and um yeah let, let's stop let's start i got involved when so i met john bradford when he was running springboard Mm -hmm. I think even the first, maybe even being the first season of Springboard in Cambridge, mm -hmm. um, and he, want, he was looking for mentors to get involved. Uh, for some reason, he thought I'd <laughs> have something to add. So, um, <laughs> uh, yes, I got involved from then. I think, uh, yeah, on and off. Um, mm -hmm. I've certainly done at least, you know, the early mentoring part. So earlier, you mentioned that you quite you advised a lot of the startups on partnerships. So right, yeah, sorry, yeah. What, what, what would you say is the most important way to go about it? Or is there anything that we should be looking out for when we're trying to get partnerships? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you really have to understand. I think, you know, some of it seems quite basic when I say it back, but 
it's still easy, quite easy to overlook. You have to understand what the motivations are going to be of that organization to sell your product, and you have to understand how that sits in the context of what else they're selling, right? Mm. So you've got to, you need to turn up with a toolkit which says, I know these are the kinds of, these are the people that buy yeah. it, this is how they buy it, this is how yeah. you sell it, mm. Mm. this is how you incentivize your sales guys to sell it. You need to do all of that stuff yeah. um, because. They're not going to do, they, do it. Yeah, it's a partnership. Yeah. It's a, a partnership, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's not just about sticking your product in there. It's like understanding all of those other dimensions and and then doing the numbers on it. Does it still make sense? Mm. And that, yeah, that, back to your point about how do you get in there, it's understanding that. business. <clears throat> but I think it's also being willing, you know, you need to cut your losses pretty quickly because mm. if you're not careful, you'll end up with... 12 months of discussion, a fistful of business cards, and no idea about whether you're any better, you know, whether it's going anywhere or not. Yeah, well, um, I think halfway there. Yeah, so, <laughs> because nobody wants to give you a no, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the reality, right? People hate saying no. People hate giving you the bad news. So well, instead of giving you the bad news, string you along. Exactly, or they'll say, oh, you should go and talk to Mike over in, you know, yeah. product. You know, yeah, yeah, and you'll, yeah. you'll think brilliant, right? I'm making progress, yeah, I'm making yeah. my way through the organization. It's actually happy to, to me right. <laughs> a few weeks ago. I was like, Yeah, I want to speak to Mike. Yeah, yeah Mike's the man. Mike's house. And then Mike goes, You really need to speak to Paula. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See where this is going. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 100%. So, coming to a close now, I guess one question we really want to ask is, What scares you the most right now? Wow. Um, well, uh, yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? So I'm probably going to go off on a bit of a tangent. <laughs> because um, I was talking to uh, I was talking to one of my co-founders the other day about it, which is you have this thing which is at any one time is keeping you awake at night. And you think it's like the biggest problem in the world. Yeah. And it is. It's like it's the biggest assumption that you're looking to prove. Yeah. Like, so for us... Uh, Maybe six months ago, it was, you know, is there enough density in this data that we're collecting to draw meaningful insights out? And um, so we had this figure that was in our business plan, and um, we were like, well, if we can prove that figure, we're golden. And uh, and over time, you kind of chip away. You think that there's going to be this kind of watershed moment mm. where you're like, you move from not knowing to knowing. Uh huh. But it doesn't happen like that, right? It uh-huh. kind of creeps up on you, and then I don't know whatever it was. It was uh, late last year. We're like, okay, we got the number in. It was four times what we expected. Mm. Wow! And it should have been like, yeah, it should have been a momentous event. But by then, you've you kind found of, it's you already probably... baked into your. It's already baked into your thinking by then because it's kind of crept up on you. Yeah. You've got, you've, you've had an inkling that it's better than you thought, and by the time it, it's crystallized, but by then you've moved on to the next thing. So, mm, what's yeah. the thing that's sweating me at the moment? Uh, so we're about to move into a kind of. What about life? What what scares well, you in your life? You didn't get. Hold on, just uh, just on, on our thing, right? It's you know we're moving from a one-to-one sales um, message where we've been we've had those relationships. We've been out on the street and not literally on the street, but you know, <laughs> pounding the streets, uh, knocking on doors and meeting people one-to-one and doing the sales yeah. in a one-to-one and. It, it, <clears throat> being able to craft the message and be able to kind of adapt the message as we, and now we're moving to a phase where we're driving a lot of it, you know, through digital marketing, email marketing. Okay. So, yeah, probably the biggest 
concern right now is, you know, will that message resonate and stick and have we crafted that right? And, mm. But, you know, at the same time, you know that it's not a binary. It's just we're going to learn something from it and we might have to change it. But yeah, but that's the, probably the biggest uncertainty. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what scares you as a person, as a man? Well, uh, crikey, well, I've got two kids. Um, so probably, I don't know, it scares me about that. Um, Do you no, I think a lot about them, you know, the world they grew up in. And um, Do you feel um, that you being an entrepreneur and um, your salary not being um, concrete, like a yearly thing, it, it's, 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 it's all on you? Does that scare you that... Um, you know, if it, if it flops, then you can't, uh, you know, it will affect your kids in, in some way? Yeah, I think I, I'm not as scared of that, perhaps, as I should be. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've got a very understanding wife. Uh, Always important. <laughs> I, and also, that's so my father had been through, you know, had been through that, you know, he's kind of a risk taker. Hmm. And so I kind of grew up in that environment where uh, it didn't. You know, you knew that if you had to reset, then the world's not going to end, right? I mean, mm. I suppose deep down, I bang myself to do something, you know, to get something out of it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, so I don't, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I always hope that it's a temporary state of affairs that I, uh, you know, that I take a kind of uh, minimum salary. And mm -hmm. just, uh, but, uh, I suppose that, that doesn't. That scare me. I think the more it's more, it is more scary once you start to take people on, and that, that responsibility shifts from. You mean of course looking after your own family, but they've kind of made the decision with you, haven't they? But actually, mm. once you've got other people who are then dependent on, you know, when you do that first raise, and it's probably only you know your core team to look after, and you've kind of all bought into that risk. Whereas yeah. then the next thing after that, the next phase after that, you're like, okay, I get we've got to get a customer, we've got to get more customers to support guys that we brought on so yeah. that I think is much I find that much more yeah well I, I, I feel much greater sense of weight from that than I do from looking after myself you're, you're, you're a good boss that's a very good boss yeah it's, it's good to hear so um, anything else you'd like to say to listeners before we wrap up um, so how how can they um, get in touch with you um would you like them to, any links you want to send them to? Are you offering any free trials? Oh, yeah, it's free. It's all free. <laughs> can we get it? Uh, yeah, so you can, I'm, you can contact me on Twitter, I'm at cpolson. Um, the website's huck.io. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, from next week, you'll be able to log on, download the SDK, uh, create an account for free. Nice. Um, and you can email me at conrad at huck.io. Super. Thanks for that. Um, thanks for coming down, Conrad. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for Thank another you. episode. Hope you gained some valuable lessons from Conrad's journey, guys. To summarize, the main points we can take away are 1. Create a robust and well-rounded founding team to make fundraising easier. 2. Solve problems for prospective partners and sort out all the loose ends when proposing a partnership with them. And 3. Growing too fast can result in misdirected visions. Make sure everyone on board shares the same vision for the company and is peddling in the same direction. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week.